Dr. Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour. Just remember that the show is made possible through listeners and viewers like you. Just go to thepaulleslie.com and click on Support the Show. Thank you to all of you who have contributed. Now let's get into the interview. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very pleased to be interviewing Steph Henderson. She's a multi-skilled, gifted talent, a writer and performer, a talented singer, screenwriter, a student and artist in the fields of acting, music, and film. And to tell you about some of her work... There, but yes. Oh. uh, (laughs) I got you. Stop Motion, The Mythic Bitches, which is a monologue, In Between the Tracks, which is a short film, Tea for a Stranger, which is a short film, which you can check out, and... Lots of high praise from people like Dave Davenport. Thank you so much. I don't know, man. Dave just picked me. (laughs) I don't know how it happened. So all of these things that I listed that you do. Yeah. Is there something that you would say is your greatest passion? What you like to do the most? I love acting and I've always loved acting, but I, I'm a realist, so I'm very aware that it's not always going to be feasible for me to put all of my eggs in one basket. When I was young, I wanted to be a singer because music was always first. Um, I started dancing when I was three, so I think music and singing was always the thing I connected with the most, and at some point I realized that I can't really make a living out of what I loved, not with the talent that I possessed, but I went to this performing arts high school and had this teacher named, um, I'm going to say his real name, he hates going by it, it's called, his name is Jeffrey Neeler, mm. um, but everyone calls him Mongo, and they've called him Mongo since he was a little kid. Um, Mongo. And he, he was kind of one of the first teachers I ever had that believed in me, and he sat me down and we talked about, if you can do everything you will never be at a loss for employment and I think that was the thing I worried about because yeah I love my passions I've I've been writing since I was in the fourth grade and I've been acting as long as I can remember wanting to be in plays but I know that being behind the camera is just as He's supposed to be in front of the camera, and sometimes there's a lot more work for the behind-the-camera people. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot more into film and directing and producing. I, I was an art director for a film senior of high school. Um, it's like a, a dark comedy about clowns. Mm. <laughs> One of my friends at the time wrote it. It's called Dear Clown God. And I fell in love with that because I think at the end of the day, I want to be around art just as much as I want to be a part of it. So, I mean, I would be good working in theater administration for the rest of my life because I'd be around like-minded people. As much as I want to be on the stage, I'm aware that it's just as important to be anywhere else. Hmm. 
Now, you mentioned that writing, and I had a chance to read a lot of your work today. Is writing something for you that, is it relaxing? Is it? Everything I create stresses me out because I'm aware that someone else is going to read a part of my soul. All right, songwriting stresses me out. <laughs> Creating anything that comes from me stresses me out, which is why I always liked acting more, because it's something someone else wrote. And I'm interpreting it. And first thing you learn acting is your interpretation can't be wrong. Um, but no, writing is not calming for me. It helps me communicate how I'm feeling in a way that's a lot easier than just using my voice. Mm -hmm. But I think there is a lot of pressure that I feel to create something that people like. Right. Um, and I think that's 90% of the reason why I procrastinate writing or creating anything. <laughs> so how do you motivate yourself when you're trying? Because this is something... Deadlines. Deadlines. <laughs> yeah. You set deadline for yourself. Yeah, I have to, or else it doesn't work. I had, I was in a filmmaking workshop because I'm a fellow at the Alliance Theater right now, and we get to do all these workshops with professionals and I was talking about the deadline problem he goes okay you have two weeks mm. I, here's my email I want something and now I'm very much in the thick of a project because of it because if I have someone push me to start it I will mm. that's why I like school school gives you a deadline therefore it's easy to create for it if I'm just making it for myself like quarantine I should have made something I didn't because there was no deadline <laughs> right now, you, you said that you write songs. Mm -hmm. Is it melody? Is it lyrics? Is I it play both? guitar. I've played guitar since I was 12. Um, I played in a rock band in high school. It was kind of, that's one of my, my big passions that I don't think, I don't know if I'll ever actually get the opportunity to scratch that itch, but playing live is something I love. Um, singing in a band, especially singing rock music. I freaking love rock music. Um, like old classic rock, stuff like that. Um, so I write a lot of guitar, and then I will put lyrics and melody on top of it. Um, something I, it's something I struggle with, because I'm always second-guessing the choices, the artistic choices I'm making. Um, but recently and just recently because songwriting has always been something that I'm stressed about because I never write for me. I always think I'm writing for someone else. So those other opinions are always in my head, mm. but I started writing for me and it's become a way that, that help that I communicate things I'm feeling that I can't put into words, um, which has been helpful. You mentioned this the, the first time we met, but I really would like for you to revisit the singers, the bands, the music that you love the most. I love the most. Um, Greta Van Fleet's in my head just because I love that band. Um, they started as a Led Zeppelin cover band. Um, I saw them at Shaking Easy years ago and just fell in love with them because they perform barefoot on stage and they write classic rock music but now, and I mean, they're, 
they were 19, 18, 19 when they started. So they weren't alive for that era of music, and yet they're creating it as if they were. So I love them. <laughs> mm. And also their singer's voice is effortlessly, like, the, the, the beautiful. The technique is astounding to me. Um, so I love them. I love this band called Marianne's Trench. They are a pop punk band from Canada. Um, I'm so into them because they write, um, con they only write concept albums. And so every album, if you, you have to listen to everything in order and it really tells a story and creates a picture and a feel. Um, it feels like, like they wrote one called Astoria that feels like a movie soundtrack. It goes through this long story of him at falling in love with this girl and her leaving him at the altar and the pain that he went through in that part of his life. But there are orchestral interludes to the whole thing that sound like movies, like a, like a movie score. And so the whole thing plays out as this epic um, film, but it's music. And I love things that are theatrical, so that really connected with me. When I was younger, I fell in love with that band. Um, their shows are infinite because they're very performative and very raw when they perform. Hmm. What is it like to be on stage? In what capacity? From your perspective. Well... It's odd because it makes me feel like myself hmm. in a way. I, I, I did this for all my college essays. I talked about the fact that um, being on stage always felt like the only place that I could emote the way that felt natural to me without everyone else making fun of me. Hmm. Because I'm an intense person. I always have been. I've always been loud and and dramatic and a bit of a crybaby and you know those are the things you get bullied for in school but on stage you need to be louder because no one can hear you in the back of the audience and you need to emote bigger because they need to be able to see what the character's going through mm. and so for me it just came naturally to do things that way um because for a long time it felt like if I was big, the world would want me to be smaller. And on stage, every director I've ever had will tell you, I can tell you to scale it back, but it's really hard to get someone to come out of their shell. Mm. And so I don't think I've ever had a director tell me to scale it back. And that always made me feel a lot more comfortable in who I was off stage as much as on stage. And it's something about the confidence and that you have to have to go out there and perform and the trust that you have in yourself to do that. Mm. Something about that always appealed to me. There's kind of a, <laughs> you're kind of forced to be confident and trusting who, what you're doing. Mm. and as a kid that's hard <laughs> so the stage always offered a place for me to do that 
Have you ever dealt with nervousness? Yeah. More as I get older, actually. Huh. When I was younger, I didn't care. I, I love being in front of people. I've always loved being in front of people. I've always liked attention. It's never something I've been shy of or afraid of. Um, I don't know. I, I used to perform for my parents as a kid <laughs> all the time. Um, but yeah, I know it's a very dark thing to discuss, and I, I don't think I would even be thinking about it anymore if someone had held him accountable. Um, and I think that's all I really care about at Oglethorpe at the moment. Um, I want to start a group for survivors because I myself am a sexual assault survivor. Um, I write music about it and I make, I make art about it a lot because it's something that's really important to me because it's something I've been going through since I was 14 years old. Um, and I didn't think it was going to happen in college like this. I didn't think I was going to have to deal with it anymore. But um, I think all I really care about is protecting other women. And so that's why I still talk about it. Um, a lot of the time at school, I talk to, I talk to my classmates and it, it feels like people just want me to be quiet or stop talking about this. It makes people uncomfortable. Um, but in February, he was cast in a show and allowed to represent the university on stage in front of other people. Um, he transferred. He doesn't go to school there anymore. Um, but I think it, it, it matters to me that there is this culture that would and will allow this to happen again. Um, that's what I care about at Oglethorpe. That's what I'm trying to change. And at this point, I don't think I can change the administration, but I do intend to have conversations with students and start some sort of narrative where we can discuss our role in the situation of allowing him to go without any consequences or reparations for what he did. Hmm. And how does it feel to say all of this? You never made a public statement like this? No, I've never. And I knew I wanted to going into this today because it is... I mean, because of what's happened to me in my life, I do think about him and the situation almost every single day. Um, and it is really hard because I have a loving girlfriend. I have a wonderful friends in my life. And But there are some things I can't do. There are people that I can't see. There are voices I can't hear ever again without feeling like I'm living it again. Um, and for a long time, it made me really angry. Really, really angry. Um, and I think at some point I decided to channel that anger into something else instead of letting it eat me alive. And so I started writing about it. Um, the project I'm currently working on is I'm making a music video for a song that I wrote 
um, called Broken Sex Toy about how I feel currently about that in my life because it is something I struggle with. It is something I deal with as a female every day. Um, it is one of the biggest issues in my life and I don't think I would have been able to get through this without mentioning it at least once. Say that again? Without mentioning it at least once. Oh. I, don't, I don't think I would have forgiven myself for not using this opportunity to say something because a lot of this has been stay quiet, it's not your story, which I understand, but I don't intend to get revenge or expose anyone's names. All I really care about is that this doesn't happen to somebody else. Right. No one should ever feel this. I don't, as much as I want people to understand what I go through every day, I don't want anyone to understand this. Right. Ever. I'm I'm 19. I turned 20 on Saturday. You will turn 20. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I had a, my best friend and her mom. I had lunch with them last week, and her mom's like, "You have a lot of drama in your life." And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> I don't mean to. I can't. I can't avoid what happened to me, but I feel like." I can help other people avoid it happening to them. And as much as people want me to let it go because it'll help me move on from it, I don't think I could live with myself if I in any way became part of this problem. Well, Steph, from here, what, what, what are your dreams? What are your aspirations for the future? In my life, I, career-wise, I just want to create. I mean, the main goal has always been to own my own production company. I am obsessed with this, uh, a few online theater companies or, or production companies that are kind of based on YouTube. They release a lot of their stuff there, um, making money from Patreon and Kickstarter and things like that. Um, but I'll, I'll plug them, uh, Team Starkid, Tin Cam Brothers, and Shipwreck Comedy. They make, like, funny parody musicals, and Shipwrecked makes, um, period pieces. Hmm. They've made a film noir, but it's, it's all comedy, so they've made a film noir, they've made, um, they got this old mansion and they produced this film called Edgar Allan Poe's Murder Mystery Dinner Party, where it's <laughs> all the old, the, the classic writers, uh, Charlotte Bronte, Ernest Hemingway, Oscar Wilde, Edgar Allan Poe, and they have a murder mystery dinner party in his house. And it's like the Clue movie, but old writers. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know, something about it when I was young, I found it and I realized, oh, I can make a living off of being weird. <laughs> amazing and I think that's when I got back into writing because I'd always felt like no one would ever like what I wrote and then I they made me realize oh there is an audience for everything yes <laughs> um, and I think my biggest thing is I want to write and produce my own work that's that's the dream is to find collaborators that match my voice and my style and 
build from there. Um, that's why in college, most of what I'm doing is learning everything. I'm learning costuming and, and film, and I'm taking a screenwriting class, screenwriting class this semester, took playwriting last year. I'm trying to learn how to fill every role so that I can pick the right people to fill them. I, I know I'm a person that has to be my own boss because I don't do well answering to other people. I can, but I, I don't think I want to forever. <laughs> I, I've always had a very strong creative voice and I want to use it. And I want to use it to affect people. And honestly, a big dream now, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing everything I could do if I were to ever have a platform like that. Because for the past year, I have felt very silenced in a lot of ways. And I'm realizing how important it might be for someone like me to see me and see that it's possible to achieve that. Because when I found Starkid, I realized that there was a place for my voice and it would be lovely to do that for somebody else. So. Well put. Well, in closing here, I don't know how you feel about uh, sending us on our way with maybe a little singing. I have to look at the lyrics. Do you want the song you said to me? <laughs> if you want to. When I heard you sing Idlewise, I thought <laughs> this would be a song that would suit you. I love that song. I love the sound of music. It continues to be one of the greatest shows. I was watching it the other week because I was sick. I was thinking, oh, I remember that one time I sang Sound of Music for that guy that was sitting on the patio at my work. <laughs> I'm that guy. In the eye abides the heart. Every pure and tender feeling, all emotions worth revealing, through the eyes their charm impart. Words are often clothed in guile, for the lips with fear may falter, and confiding smiles may alter. Oh, believe not in a smile. Tis the eye unveils the heart. Every pure and tender feeling, all emotions worth revealing to their eyes, their glowing heart. Beautiful. Lovely. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. What a pleasure. Goodbye.